Welcome to This Old App, a podcast about learning, coding, smashing stuff together, breaking things apart, startups, failing, winning, and any other buzzwords we can think of. Hey, Randy. So this week, I've uh, been working on a project for construction specialties. It's that the essence of it is that it um, takes a web form and turns it into a PDF. Yep. Fairly straightforward. Um, once you get the right package, fairly straightforward. I'm able to get it running perfectly on my machine. No problem. My dev environment works like a dream. Yeah. Then I go to try and use one of the cloud resources. Um, I picked Azure um, because eventually I want this to be able to save files to um, OneDrive as well. Um, okay. I want it to be able to put that uh, PDF on OneDrive. Um, but I can't even get there because of the complexity, obfuscation, yeah. whatever you want to call it, of using those cloud services. Um long gone and they're not gone we've just moved away from them i can certainly go back but long gone are the days of spinning up a linux server dropping your code on it and it running and i guess yeah. that's essentially what what you do with a docker instance right um i actually missed that whole phase of dockerization that's something i've never gotten into yeah. um but um uh, no, the, the problem comes in that Azure, Heroku, I'm sure AWS is the same way. I'm sure Google, whatever, Firebase, the whole Firebase system is the same way. Firestore, that sort of thing. There's no, uh, for lack of a better term, there's no directory structure, just straightforward directory structure. If I want to pull a file, I pull it from this directory. If I want to save a file, I save it to this directory. Um, for Azure, I'm having to go in. I have to, I, it, I, so I, I have first have to build up, you know, three levels deep, this web app to stuff all the node code into. Yeah. Um, and then I had to go over here separately and open an Azure storage um, container and then put files in it for, for to be read from and to, and to write to. And it's just, I've, I've lost probably at least three work days trying to get it all pieced together. And well, as, go ahead. Well, I mean, I guess let me talk about Amazon S3 to see if you can, Tell me if I if if Azure, which I have never really used, is any different. Because with S three, I have a I have I'm using I usually use Ruby, but I could use Node with it. You have to first establish an authorized connection to right. the the server system, so or AWS in this case. And then based on having that right, you have to set up those rights in your identity system. So essentially what I have to do is first go into AWS and I could use a command line, but I'm going to use the GUI on the, on the browser because it's just easier, especially easier now. So sure. I go in, I create an S3 bucket 
I name it something unique to the whole world. So it can't be a, a generic name because usually those are taken, but you don't really care. This is just a folder, so to speak. Right. And then on that, I set up a, an, a user or a credential that is allowed read, write, everything type of access to this S3 bucket. And then in my code, I have to represent that unique user. So my first question is you set up this authorization for whatever directory you're using. Like, is that how Azure works or how does it do that? Yeah, it certainly does. Um, So in Azure, um, the storage system has a number of different storage um, options. Um, One is to store things as as files. One is to Mm -hmm. store things as blobs. Yep. Um, And then I think there are a couple other and they're they're escaping me right off the top of my head. Um, But um, I think one also had to do with databases. Um, yeah. So it, it's essentially, and tables was, was the final one. So queues and tables. So it's, I did, uh, at first I started with files because to me files made the most sense. Um, it was, it was the closest analog to what I had, Yeah. Um, to what I had done before. And then in digging deeper, what I found out was, it's complicated to set up a file folder, so to speak, um, and make it publicly accessible. It's significantly easier to set up a blob folder and make it publicly accessible. So I switched to blobs and, and this is, this is me laying it all out there for, for everyone to see how, how, how little I know about all this. So let's put on the brakes right there. Yeah. Why is any of this public? Ah, couple reasons. So couple reasons. Reason number one is on the PDF file I want to create from this form, there are two images I want put on that form. So it needs to read those images that the system needs to read those images so it can put them on the form. That's reason number one. And, and does that have to be public? No, doesn't have to be public. Those, it, it could be private, but there's also not necessarily a reason to make it private and go through um, more, mechan- uh, more, more, more code just to make something that's privately available um, accessible, available to the, to the system. Well, um, from a security, they're, they're images. If, if, if it, so there's no security considerations. Well, um, yeah, but you're, I, now you've got me mixed up because you okay. started talking about creating PDFs yep. related to, related to yep. a business. Yep. And now you switched into talking about public images. So what are we doing? So there are two, two things we're doing here and, and that that's part of the, that's part of my confusion as well. Um, the goal end goal is to create a PDF using this package in creating that PDF. I want it to be able to read two images, which have to be accessible somewhere in the world. 
yeah. for this package to use them. The easiest thing and what I've been most used to is I put it simply in an assets folder within the, the, the code I've written. I put two JPEGs up there in the assets folder and it reads right from them. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. It, it, it's not um, when you push the code to, an, to a web app within Azure, it, it doesn't have access to the file system, so to speak. So it can't pull those JPEGs. So there are two things going on here, and and we're 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 going to have to be careful not to conflate the two. Well, um, I would. My recommendation is that you have two folders: one for public assets and one for private. Agreed. Don't mix. Don't mix these PDFs in with your public images. Um, agreed. agreed. It's, it's, and, da- it's and, really dangerous in that sense of. You're you you're going that you've actually said right now already that you've made a design choice in your code or architecture choice to use what like you're using PDFs which are files so that would be to me the most natural thing to do and you've already made a choice to use a, a blob folder because you want public access to a couple of them so. Right there, I would, I know it's a pain, but I would probably say you should use files for both of these directories. And like the blob stuff, I honestly haven't messed with much, but it seems like that would be more complex than using files to represent Well, and that's that's where I was headed is, to be honest, I'm not sure I completely understand the difference between a file and a blob. I think the only time I've seen blobs referenced in the past were, I thought, images and um, databases. But again, I haven't dug into it. It was, how do I make this most available so I can go forward? And this is, your your point is perfectly valid. I need to make the, the images publicly accessible and then I need a separate folder for where I write the PDFs to. I, I completely agree, but we're also in the troubleshooting mode of getting this working. Okay. Yeah. So, so when you're in the troubleshooting mode of getting it working, I'm trying to boil it down to the simplest thing, which is let's create a folder. Let's get the images read. Let's get the PDFs yeah. exported. And then I'll worry about, okay, now let's separate. Now that I know how that works or, Maybe I don't know how it works. Yeah. I've, I've, I've lucked into making it work. Um, then we'll go into the second step of, okay, now let's separate these, put them in two places. I've done it once. I should be able to figure out the other one. No, um, I agree with that. I do that too. I always do security kind of like as a last step when I'm tr- trying to f- learn how to do something. So I agree. I right. understand. And, and at, at the end of the day, the, the next step, once those PDFs are created, is for our office people to be able to go out there and download them. So there's still a question of whether they're going to be public or private. It it doesn't to actually, there's nothing significant in, in those PDFs that if somebody pulls it down off the internet, it's going to be a security harm to our company. It's just a listing of scope of work. So it's not, yes, I'm going to eventually get to where I'm going to make it only accessible to our people. But I'm not worried if it hangs out there for a little while without it being that way. Okay. So um, rewinding back to the troubleshooting yep. part, 
you say that you are putting everything in a public blob and right. so where where is the problem at the moment so that that's that's the next fun issue of all this is i put the two images in this publicly accessible folder i can go to the url that azure generates for those files i can view those images just fine um when i put that code when i put that url into the code let me let me take a step back before i even go there when i was trying to access it as a as a file before i before i decided to make it a url that could be accessed when i was trying to make it accessible as a file um, the error message I kept getting back from the package I'm using was I can't read that something to the effect of this isn't a file. Um, this needs to be a file, a directory or a URL. So right there, the, the error message was telling me that's the three things I can put there. Mm -hmm. um, the minute I saw URL, I was like, okay. So I'll even go through my thought process here. I said, okay, so I can either A, figure out why it's not seeing the file because nothing in this error message is, is apparent to me as to why it can't see this file. Um, or B, I can make it a URL, which I can check myself to make sure it's publicly available. And then if I know the URL is available, then I've eliminated one of the problems, which is I know my source is good, now I just need to figure out how to get the program to go read that source. Whereas if I make it a file, I don't necessarily, I don't have as easy a way to go say, okay, yeah, uh, it's easy to access this file. So the source is good. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, why are you putting these images public for this purpose? so that I can sit here, put the URL in my browser and see the file. That's, that's the only reason. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. But I'm like, you're, you're, you've got code that's going to create a PDF and you want that image inserted into the PDF that's produced. Correct. Yep. Correct. So in my experience, this whole idea of making what is going to need to be an asynchronous call to pull in the image, so you're going to have to do async await or something. But the usually you put the assets local to the code that's doing the production. Then it doesn't have to be asynchronous. That's one benefit. The second that's is... Where, that's where I'm having the issue is making it local. Uh, that's what I was saying. Is it, it, I can't get Azure to see the file structure of the project. Now, maybe I miss it. Maybe I've missed that point. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is okay. local to your desktop or to whatever machine is running the code. Like the asset should be in the bundle of your JavaScript full, like application. So you've got like a directory with the file that's running, that's going to do the processing of the PDF, correct? Correct. So is there a, a folder locally to that code base where you could put those assets and see if it just will pull that. Cause here's the problem. If you're, I mean, I haven't seen the code or, 
No, I haven't seen it lately. <laughs> I guess we had talked about it before. But if you ask the code to go reach out, there's nothing local about an HTTP call. Correct. So it's got to go out and then wait for a response. And so that's right. going to be asynchronous in JavaScript. So then Correct. you wait for that response. This one is, it should say yes or no. And then like, it, it, wait, like here's a 200, it worked, or here's 400, 500, whatever, something's wrong. But if you bring those files into your code base, you simply refer to the files local to the code. And then you can see, is this a problem on this asynchronous call? Or is this a or is all of this working if I use a local file anyway? So on my machine, when I when I had it all working on my lo, on my machine in my development environment, yeah, it was a local file. These images were local files in an assets directory, right underneath the the root directory of the project. Yeah. Okay, so that's all it was doing was reaching out and grabbing that file. When I pushed that same code out to Azure, it could no longer see that assets directory. And that's where, that's where I think I'm getting lost in using these cloud services is it doesn't have that file structure, which actually makes no sense uh. because, oh no, it might make sense. Okay. So what I was going to say, it doesn't make any sense because, um, it's obviously able to read node module folders and all that in order to pull different uh, yeah. different packages in. Huh. I wonder. So you, what you have to, you're, are you using like a func like a, like a serverless function or what are you, what are you pushing to Azure? Like what are you ramping up? In Azure, I, I started something called a, a web app, which is the, or, or an app service, which is their way of pushing Node.js code onto their platform. So it's like Express? Um, yes, Express. Correct. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So this is, that's an interesting, uh, see, I think we may just troubleshot this a bit. So what I, there, there, there's this very specific um, call to those images and in my local code, it was uh, pdf.image location of file. Um, I wonder if I could require that file and then just put it in that way, if, it, if that would capture it that way. Does that make sense? It might. I think you can oh. do that. Yeah. Otherwise, well, you're going to have to use something that says like, you have to, well, you're, you need to know what the correct um, path, uh, I guess I haven't used, um, like not having used this approach yep. with AWS. I mean, I guess I've used Lambda before, but I've done way more Google Firebase functions and they're using, and they are essentially express all the way on theirs. But... Right. You have to know it's most likely a path like definition or designation that you have to get right because they may alter it. Like you may have to go up a, right. that's where you're, that's what you're looking for is how do you designate right. asset paths on this Azure? What does Azure call this? 
web service? Jake calls it an app uh, app service. And within app service, they call it a web app. Okay. Um, and that's interesting because when I, I'm looking, I, I pulled up a previous commit and the one that works on my machine was just uh, pdf.image uh, quote assets slash and then the image name. And that worked fine on my local machine because yeah. what it was saying is, okay, it's a, it's a subdirectory of the root assets is a subdirectory of the root. Um, and I had tried adding dot slash assets and that didn't work, but I wonder if it needed dot dot slash assets. It could. Yeah. That's, that, I mean, that's what I'm getting. That would, push it up. that would push it up. So the, the code calling it is at the same level as assets. So a dot dot would push it up and then I could bring it back down. That may have been it. That's going to yeah. be frustrating if that's all it was. Well, I mean, now we can talk a little bit about all of these cloud services and maybe this is for the listener too. Yeah. If you, if you have attempted to use AWS, Google cloud or, or Firebase, or they're kind of one and the same in many respects. And now Azure, and you have felt frustrated, you are, you have joined the party. You are, you you like I, I mean, come. I know a lot of. I guess when I talk, when I've been talking to people about jobs lately, and when I have talked, when I am part of a CTO group that talks about you know working with the AWS and stuff, and a lot of the managers, a lot of the the director, the manage like management people talk about AWS as it is a terrific cost savings, but it is so confusing. Right. And it's, it's, it's definitely easier than DevOps. I've been hands-on in AWS and Google cloud and by far the complexity is twofold. One is your, has your problem been duplicated by someone else so that you can find the right solution on Stack Overflow or in the message boards of that service. And it's still like AWS is pretty much there, but Google Cloud and Firebase, I still have trouble finding like who has had the same exact problem I've had because they're so new. And And, and the problem I'm having, Azure's five plus years old, but the problem I'm having there is it's new. It's not quite bleeding edge, but it's close. It's newer for people to be putting node on Azure. Because yeah. whenever I ever look for problems, I'm saying, here's how you do it in C++. Here's how you do it in C Sharp. Here's how you do it in Java. Um, there's not a lot of, here's how you do it in node. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. The other issue is the versions. They've changed so much so fast that I don't trust anything in Firebase troubleshooting that... I, that um, that's more than two years old because sure. they've, de- they've deprecated a lot of names. They've repurposed things for the better. Like the Firebase is, we've talked about this before on this podcast. Firebase is, can you can be highly productive using their environment at a very low cost. But when you talk about troubleshooting through Google, Ah man, you got to sift through a lot of mud to get any <laughs> any uh, solution yeah. gold on that sucker. 
So I would say that AWS has made huge grant, like they've made huge advances in their GUI interface and their documentation. Um, some of their documents are still a little bit verbose, and I'm like, I don't understand. I, I see the class and the method I'm supposed to call here, but I do not see a valid example of how this is going to work. <laughs> and I'm like, just, I know you, I know that in their code base, they use some automated documentation tool, but nobody left a comment that would actually tell you how to use the thing. Right. Um, and then those examples are powerful for that kind of thing. For sure. So, so I don't know what Azure has. Like only you can speak for Azure in this case, because I've avoided it just because I don't need to add another. Um, right now, I haven't needed to add a, an, an additional cloud service to my tool set. Um, but I wouldn't, with the inroads that Microsoft is making now in the dev community, I would not, I'm not as adverse to it as I would have been before. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's kind of, uh, like I said, it's twofold as to why I even did, right? One yeah. is as much as we work together and as much as you've messed with AWS and, and Firestore or Google, I figured, hey, I'll go try this over here, um, Azure, and then we'll have a nice broad um, feeling for how it's going and, and how each of them work. Um I thought you were so, doing this strictly because I was doing really well on the AWS and Google Cloud. And you were like, how can we get back to a point where we are not working on the same tech anymore? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, no. I have moved into some JavaScript for you, man. <laughs> and you yeah. are getting, getting away from me. But no, like it's... <laughs> I, I agree with you. Having more options, like there are three major cloud providers um, that are great for the web. Microsoft is making inroads into it. And your work environment with um, construction specialties is more like Microsoft um, Windows based, correct? You correct. Correct. Yeah, and it's only that way. I mean, at the end of the day, saving these things to OneDrive is ancillary, and I could have done everything in AWS or Firestore and, and then just made that single call yeah. to Azure. Um, but I'm like, eh, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get up to my elbows in it, I might as well just dive all the way in. Yeah. Um so while we've been talking, and and this is very bad for me to do on a podcast. <laughs> Um, but while we've been talking, I went ahead and made the change and wouldn't, you know, it, that's all, that's the only, that's the only thing we needed to do, um, was put that dot, dot slash assets in there. And that solved that problem, which so, of course only makes sense. This is the first podcast where you present to me a problem. I present to you a solution and an invoice. Will you be able to pay it before we quit calling? Well, if uh, you haven't sent the invoice yet, so <laughs> we, have, well, we we need a uh, we need a master service agreement and a rate agreement for this to work. The thing is, it's so stupid because that is so obvious that 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 I missed that. But again, for the listener, it just goes to show you can get yourself wrapped around. A, a, a line of thinking and you can get yourself wrapped around trying to run away from an error um, 
you can try, you can be too creative, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, I read, I, 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 I tried two different things on, on this file name. Neither worked. I read URL in there and I dove full, you know, head first into, well, let's use the URL. And that cost me two days, whereas now it's solved. Well, here's um, so something. Don't, don't, don't feel, don't feel lost. Don't, don't feel alone in the, uh, in the troubleshooting uh, world at all. Well, here's the other thing. This is what I, when I work with team members or I'm managing a team, do not blow an hour troubleshooting something that gets you stuck like this. Yeah. Like somebody else. And, and yeah, you need, you should do your normal Google searches on your own. You should do your stack overflow stuff. But if you are still getting stumped, bring in somebody else. I mean, it just, it, other people can see a different perspective where your brain has gone down this other path, which is what you were just talking about. And right. so many times I would have, I would be working with junior devs and especially teaching that my boot camp class. It'd be like, wait, 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 you've been doing this for two hours and you haven't said anything that this is, this is like going into a dark cave without a headlamp and then yelling back to the person after you've gone two hours deep. I'm lost now. It's like, no, when you are getting in that deep, bring in the help sooner because at the very worst, I'll say, oh no, I'm just as confused as you are. And then you quit beating yourself up about being lost or I'm like, Hey, this sounds a little weird to me that the way you're doing it, have you tried this or that? And then you see a different perspective. So when you say it took you two days, I'm essentially thinking it took you two hours because you don't have, you don't spend all day working on this thing. I don't, but it it was, it was probably, Oh, I'd have to go look at the commits again. Um, this was committed. Let's see. I can't find it. But it was essentially probably two to three hours on Thursday and two to three hours on Friday. So so you no. didn't reach out to me until six hours in. Right. You waited too long. Listener, that's called ego. Don't let ego get in the way. <laughs> yes. It, it, it somewhat is. I mean, and I understand just wanting to knock out your own problems. I mean, I, I will sit here and tell you that I, you should ask for help. And then how many times have I sent you a bunch of problems on? Like I haven't, but I've gotten stuck before. So, yeah, yeah it, it's I I do. I think I go to Google really fast and yeah. just hammer, hammer, hammer until I'm like, I find that the I can piece I can usually take three answers from different questions and figure out my solution after someone explains how something really works and right but yeah I just I feel like you in this scenario you spent too long before you asked me yeah there's no question there's no question that happened um and that's a like I said part of that was ego part of that is uh, most uh, no we're gonna go mostly ego <laughs> well that's the thing i mean that's human it's human so is there anything about azure you like in particular necessarily like right now i'm just curious um, so not i mean 
I will say having having dabbled very lightly in AWS a couple years ago yeah. and having dabbled in Azure over the past week or so. Um, maybe a little deeper, but not much deeper. They're, they're both very similar. They're both very, very big. Okay. They're doing, they're doing a thousand things and you only want to do two of those thousand things. Um, so they, they feel very big and, and, um, trying to, to figure out how to get to all them can be uh, problematic, but Azure does, I, I do like the dashboard for Azure. Um, most of the time it's given me what I'm, what I need. Yeah. Um, as with AWS, when you deploy an app on it, finding the fricking logs takes longer than it should. Mm. Um, it took me a little while to find the logs on AWS and it took, uh, I, I still don't know where the, the fricking log is in Azure on the dashboard. So I've got it running as a, um, in the terminal, which is fine. That works. Yeah. Um, but it's not the same, right? Um, at sometimes you have to go back and look at logs and that's the, the console is going to be less useful there. So yeah. I do find that, there's just a lot here. Um, and it's very easy to feel overwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, there, you can get overwhelmed in AWS easy as heck. So. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It, it's the same. I have a feeling it's the same everywhere. Um, and I, it, as for using these cloud services, the only, only time I haven't felt this way is Heroku. Oh yeah. Well, that's, Understand Firebase, like Google Cloud Service or whatever they call it. Um, Firebase is Google's own Heroku for their Google Cloud services. I think Amazon AWS has something. Maybe it's Beanstalk. Maybe it's I can't. I have completely lost where AWS has its version of a easy interface for let's say a react app with a back end of whatever dynamo or something. Sure. Sure. Like Firebase in my mind has been marketed better and has a culture or a community around it and much more about app building and hosting and data persisting compared to what AWS is offering. And I feel like Firebase is the way to go because just like you said, I, people say, or people have asked me, are you using AWS? And I go, yes, I use it for everything. I don't tell them all the time that Heroku is the interface I'm using the most of the time. It is right. AWS. It's just right. simplified. And if, if it makes them feel better that it, AWS is the backend host, sure. But I'm going to... If I have an opportunity to shove an easy to use interface and eliminate DevOps hours, heck yeah. Like I don't want to, the, the budget of time saved for what I pay to Heroku is amazing. Yeah. I don't want to do, I don't want to deal with EC2 instances and regions and all that stuff. I want Heroku to do that for me and I'll pay them 25 bucks per dyno a month for that kind of stuff. For sure. It's, it's well worth it. And, and I had looked at using Heroku to run the thing, the, the, the service, but in the end, what I determined was 
I, I'm like, well, let me try running this Node app on Azure first. Let, let me see how hard it is. And after re- doing a couple readings, the, the app was published to Azure and runs yeah. within a couple hours. So I, at that point, I was like, okay, that's fine. Let's go solve this file store system problem, which would have been the same problem over on Heroku. It, it that problem would not have changed. That would not have been easier on Heroku than it is here. Although yeah. there may have been an add-on in Heroku to make it easier. Um, but not stretching, not learning, if I if I just go back to that. and Oh, I believe me, I have app ideas. I always think, should I really do Rails this time? <laughs> or should I do something else just to kind of learn a new tool? Because I learn way better when I'm building something. and. Right. I've been exploring tech leadership jobs in Kansas City as I, you know, have been going there that way. And there's a bit of a different tech stack that's used there compared to Chicago. Chicago has a lot of rails and there's way more .NET um, in KC. Surprisingly, not as much PHP as I expected, but definitely a lot of .NET, Hmm. .NET and Angular. Um, so I've always been like, uh, what if I were to get use some .NET again and do some C sharp and, but then I'm like, I don't know. I like my Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm using VS code, but I have no idea what, what the pro, how, how, how painful it would be. Right. Um, all right. Uh, anything else on Azure? No, I think that's it. I think, I, I think I come back to where I started, this, this conversation, which was, it's a different world. Okay. So anybody that, that ever, that came up in the world of push your code to a server and it'll, it'll work like it does on your machine. Um, it's different to do that than it is to push it to one of these services. Um, that, that may sound like a very duh statement. Um, but it was, it, 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 (laughs) It's cost me a few days so far, and now I've got to figure out how to get the PDF to save to that to to a file folder as well, and that's the next step. So every um, time, every time I say that, every time I say this scenario I'm talking about is a duh, like of course, I find that other people will say at some point, "Did you know?" Like it's totally different. It's like it's not yeah. the same, and I'm like. Oh, I thought that was a duh thing. I didn't realize that other people would assume that too. It's like, yeah, like there's so much that we assume our problems are caused by ourselves. And it's like, no, you're, you're in with a good group of folks that feel the same way about it. So for sure. um, One last thing. Yeah, go ahead. One last thing. So I don't mind talking about app ideas out in public just because, you know, this one isn't a moneymaker. It's more of a curiosity. I've looked around. I haven't seen it, but maybe you have heard of it because it's a very generic type of um, Alexa app thing. Is there an Alexa app that is more natural language in its response for weather? So let's, the scenario I would use is I would say, Hey, Alexa, um, how's the weather going to be today? And at some, in theory, I've already given it 
the what I consider to be the high temperature I like, the lowest temperature I like, the humidity I like, whether there's any rain or anything, um, and a zip code so that it knows the location. And so when I were to go and say, hey, Alexa, what's the weather going to be like today? Instead of getting the weather, the data weather response of it will be this temperature, blah, blah, blah. It would basically do something of based on like, or like you're going to like today. You need an umbrella later around 3 p.m. You will like half the day or this evening. Everything's going to be great until this evening around six. Then it's going to start you know, it'll get colder than you like something that is more of if I called you and said, <laughs> or not you, you're not going to be where I am. If I were to call, <laughs> um, call, like if I were to talk to Megan and say, Megan, what, how's the weather going to be? And she's like, Oh, well, it's going to be nice. Cause we like days that are seventies. Sure. I'm, cu- I'm, I'm curious if there's an app that is approaching the response like that. Because the only ones that I've seen are more like National Weather Service data spit back a bunch of numbers. And every time I listen to them, I'm like, I forget halfway through. Do I care about this weather or not? Like, I'm trying to compute. Is is this temperature what I like? So So the idea is teach this thing what I like and then let it talk to me like a human back based upon those criteria. So I'll, I'll say there's only one that I played with that's in the neighborhood of what you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. I eventually uninstalled it because I wasn't using it um, or disabled it, I guess, because I wasn't using yeah. it. But um, similar to Dark Sky for, yeah. for mobile apps, there is an Alexa skill called Big Sky. Yes, um, that's what I'm talking big, about. Yeah, so, so Big Sky does something similar, right? Um, where you can say, hey, ask Big Sky about the weather in Houston, and it'll come back with some some of that, right? But it, it is going to be, a, a li- and it's going to be a little bit drier than what I think you're yeah. looking for. Um, I don't know that there's anything that's conversational in, in weather. Um, certainly not that I've seen, but Big Sky is the closest, I'll, I'll say. Yeah, so this idea came because I was watching <laughs> Iron like a Avengers movie the other day. And I love how he talks to Friday, the replacement for Jarvis on uh, and and I love how the computer talks back in a human way. Sure. And it's not in this data pile of data that my brain has to sift because that's not how we talk to each other. And I was thinking I know that AI has to be involved for the most part for that, unless the data is really narrow. So I'm not going to ask this weather app, um, you know, how do I cook a bunch of recipes and stuff? I'm really saying, am I going like, what do I need to know about the weather today? I don't care necessarily about all this digital data, humidity index and all that crap. Right. I want to know, is it, is it cold? Is it hot? Do I need a jacket? Do I need an umbrella? Um, is there a tornado coming? But I don't need it in a pile of something read, read off of the National Weather Service. And sure. that's where I was curious. And I, Big Sky is the only, is, of the weather category, it's the number one on Alexa. And all the rest seem to be along the same line. Right. So, I, th- I think you've got something there. Um, and and I'm, I'm in agreement with you that 
at the end of the day, talking about ideas is uh, there's very little proprietary about it because in the end it comes down to execution. Um, I I do think there's something there Um, just uh, in addition to you saying, in in addition to it querying you, Hey, what do you consider cold? What, what degrees do you consider cold? The other thing it could do is if you were to ask it something like, what's the weather going to be like at seven o'clock tonight? Yeah. It can say it can use what it has and, and give you the information back and then come back and say, what do you think? How would you describe the weather right now? Mm-hmm. And then it's getting from you adjectives and terms to describe the data points it has for your location. Yep. Um, and that's that's, again, more of the learning process that it could it could undergo. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people hear this term AI and they don't realize that you have to teach these systems just as you would a baby up to a human. Like people learn how to talk about the weather. People learn to set their standards. Sure. And the AI is not going to know anything until you tell it what those standards are, what those thresholds and constraints are. So. Anyway, that's an idea. I don't look at it as a big money maker, but I do look at it, I look at it as something that I could build and then add to the resume of, hey, I've actually got an app out there that people use, and it actually works like I want it to yeah. around no, something. That's actually one of the first ones that we've discussed that I went, hmm, that's not the bad. other one. The other one would be like, hey, uh, Alexa, how did the Georgia Bulldogs do this weekend? And it gives me one of those sad trumpet songs. <laughs> <laughs> like, screw yeah. you, LSU. I don't, this was not a fun weekend. No, I'm but, sure. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was just an idea. Um, I thought I'd shoot it past you. Um, yep. Yep. So. Sounds good. All right. Very good. So I think that's it for today. And uh, cool. we'll talk again soon. Later. Thanks for listening to This Old App. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at www.thisoldapp.online. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. For questions, comments, or things you would like to hear on future shows, please email us at hello at thisoldapp.online. Show music is Guns Blazing by Fab Claxton, licensed by Pond5. Voiceover work by MeganVoices.com. You'll hear from us soon. <laughs>